Point Your Toes, The Adventures of an NYC Dance Teacher. I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. With that being said, let's get into today's topic. But before we do, we have a special guest with us. As we continue our summer series, we have Caitlin with us to tell her about her summer stock adventures. Introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Caitlin Donahue. I'm so excited to be here chatting about summer stock juiciness today. And I am a New York City-based actor, teacher, digital media strategist, and career coach. I love all of those things. Mm-hmm. Those are all healthy things. <laughs> so in the podcast, we're all about like health and growth and forward motion. So those are all positive things that we love. Um, and so this week on our Summer Stack series, we wanted to talk about relationships. So we kind of got into this a little bit on last week's episode with our stage manager, Abby, and how relationships just kind of happened but I think it's if we're going to talk summer stock we kind of have to talk about the bubble that it's summer stock um you're not in summer stocks don't typically happen in major cities so you're typically in more rural areas more remote areas and when you're working summer stock you just don't have time really to to interact with anyone else so relationships inevitably happen but yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna talk about the crazy dark twisted stories that happen from that. But we have a positive one, which is why Caitlin is here. Yes. So we'll go through the normal summer stock stuff as well. But um, let's actually have you start then, Caitlin, with your what happened when you went to summer stock. Sure. So I grew up doing a lot of summer stock um, in New Hampshire, and then after college. I found this little theater in uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts, right by Cape Cod. And I drove there to audition and they were doing Chicago and Fiddler on the Roof that summer. And so I drove there to audition and I ended up getting the job and it was a non-union theater called Priscilla Beach Theater. And- Oh my God, I know them. Yeah. Such a good <laughs> Exactly, I love it. So it was, it was really cool because it was the first year that they had restored this barn theater after it had been sort of condemned for a few decades. Wow. And so they were opening back up again and, you know, they had some cool alum like Paul Newman and Rob Reiner from way back in the day to help them relaunch their theater. Uh, and so I signed on to do it and I had a great experience and it was just, it, summer stock always feels like an adult summer camp. I feel like, like you mm-hmm. said, it's almost like the original quarantine pods. Like you see the same 10 to 20 people every day, all day, every night, all night. You and together, so, you mm-hmm. everything, everything, everything. So it was, it was really special. Uh, we had a great community there. There were like 12 resident artists. So I was one of those who lived on campus there. Uh, and then 
it was just awesome to be so close to the beach. Like we were like a five minute walk from the beach. So it also felt a little bit like a vacation in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. So that was my, that was how I got into Priscilla beach theater. So before we jump into kind of what happened when you were there, why summer stop? Like college ended, you went and you auditioned, like why, why were you drawn either to that theater or summer stock? Was it just something that like, here's an audition, let me go talk about that experience. Sure. So I've been auditioning for everything and anything. Basically, I was really excited. I knew I was going to move to New York City and I'd already been auditioning in New York for several years. So I was just auditioning for anything that I knew anywhere I knew I would get seen. I would just go and audition. And I was lucky to have a car at the time. So if it was in the Boston area or New England area, I could just drive there. So I drove there and I kind of got to tour the campus and I I was like, this is awesome. But I had also auditioned for a lot of other summer socks too. And then I was in callbacks for like a tour. So it didn't work out with the tour, but it was kind of meant to be. And I was like, okay, I'll do a beach summer stock for the summer. I I did not do a summer stock on the beach, but I had my internship for an apprentice company was near a beach and like, that was the nice thing at the end of the day. It's like, I'm diving in the water. I know we only have like yes. 30 minutes before we all need to like be in bed, but like I'm diving mm-hmm. in the water. Let's go right now. So I can imagine that that's, especially being a five minute walk from like water. I'm sure that was quite relaxing. Yeah, so peaceful. Totally. Um, so I have to ask like, how, how does summer stocks um, with Priscilla Beach or just in general, how do you think summer stocks are different for you than other theater like theater happens year round and I'm sure you haven't had other experiences but like how is summer stocks special in a good way or a bad way for you uh summer stock has always been special to me because I feel like even more so than in other types of theater it's has that all hands on deck feel and because it's summer I feel like everybody's just all in on everything all in on the community all in on like selling the shows and getting the sets ready, especially for non-union summer stock. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were sort of wearing a lot of different hats together. I ended up teaching a lot of the kids workshops there uh, during the day. So yeah, it, it's kind of, I, I love that communal all hands on deck feeling. Um, and I do feel like because it's summer, you get that summer camp feel where it's still even though it's work it feels kind of fun and everyone's going through it together so it kind of tricks you into doing all this <laughs> hard work yeah definitely um yeah you're our second person that we have talked to about summer stock and she our last guest abby said the same thing where she was like it's basically it's like summer camp like that's mm-hmm. what it feels like and i think that's why it's always like so fun and special, especially when you are coming out of college. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you went to Priscilla Beach, you had something very exciting happen. Um, Tell us about what happened while you were there. So I met um, the person who is now my husband and now going to be the father of my child at this summer soft theater, uh, which is kind of hilarious because we met the first day I was playing grandma Seidel and Fiddler on the Roof. He was playing Tevia and I was like, eh, no judgment on um, 
folks who have relationships with people who are much older, but I was like, what the heck? Like who's playing Tevia here? And it was a 30 year old. So he was 30 and he was playing Tevia. And I was like, this is weird. Like, what did I sign up for? You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> why is there a 30 year old Tevia? And I'm 20, I was 22 and I was playing grandma's title. I'm like, what's going on here? Um, but you know, it was a young cast and he had a special connection to Fiddler through his father and his grandfather. So mm -hmm. they brought him in to do it and he did great, even though he was <laughs> a young Tevia, but we bonded really early on, actually both of us not wanting to be in a relationship. <laughs> so it was kind of funny that we just, there were, there were no, Stakes. It was just like we enjoyed each other. We were really good friends. And I helped him film his audition for Broadway's Fiddler that summer. And I knew I was moving to New York September 15th. And that was a guaranteed thing for me. The plans were all ready. And he was actually based in Los Angeles. So he was going back to Los Angeles after Fiddler. But then he ended up booking. Fiddler on Broadway and moving to New York City September 15th as well. So we just kind of ended up staying together, even though we were. Wait, wait, okay, no, I got to pause you there. No, no, that's a lot of magic <laughs> happening and it's adorable, first of all. But like, so were there, was there a moment in the summer where you were like, oh, we could keep talking or was it like, no, I'm going to New York. You're going to LA. It's, it's done. Like what, or was it ambiguous? Cause like, for our listeners, like most, it's not uncommon that like, oh, you find a romance of some kind or right. not romance, just hooking up during summer mm -hmm. stock. Mm -hmm. But then like eventually, and everyone kind of avoids the topic of what's coming because everyone knows the end of the summer is coming. Exactly. And like, it's not uncommon, literally where people are getting on planes, trains, moving, everything's happening. So like, no, that conversation is avoided a lot of the time until mm -hmm. the end of the summer. But it seems like he was auditioning for things. So like, that wasn't the case. Like how, how, like, yeah. so when was that conversation or was there a conversation? Yeah, that's a good question actually. So what was kind of funny is that I was doing both shows. Fiddler was the first. So mm -hmm. Fiddler was like the July show. Chicago was the August show. And so he was going back to LA in August cause he was not in Chicago. So I already kind of knew that. And there were a couple other LA based people who were doing that as well, who we had become all good friends. So I was like, you know, like, because we met all these friends here from LA, like I've never been to LA. I'll do an LA trip, like at the end of the summer before I move. And we, it was definitely, it didn't feel like a summer fling, mm -hmm. but we weren't calling it a relationship. And it was like very clear that like, this was not a relationship, but gradually what happened was like when he left, it was like, oh, I'm seeing you in a few weeks because you're coming to LA. And then we talked every day and then he found out he booked Broadway and it was like all of these things kind of tying in. Um, so there were a lot of mini conversations of, of like, what is this? You know, we don't want to be in a relationship, but like this kind of is a relationship. And that went on for pat, way past the summer, way past even when we were in New York City. And it was like December of that year. And finally, there was like one party or something. I got I got a little drunk and I was like, I have a dresser at your apartment, like an entire mm -hmm. dresser. 
And I'm like, you know, I think, I think we might be in a relationship. He's like, do you think we're in a relationship? I was like, I think we are. Like, I think that's what this is. So it took a long time for us both to, especially for him to kind of acknowledge that. But here we are. (laughs) I love that. I think that's so funny. And that's so true for so many relationships of of being like, wait a minute. Like we've been in a relationship for months. Yeah. Like we've been dating for months. And do you think, I mean... And again, get as personal or as non-personal as she so choose, but like, do you feel like Somerset was maybe that hesitant for that because you met in such a weird spot or like, what, what do you think that hasn't kind of happened other than like being normal people? Yeah, I feel like I, I had been a little bit traumatized by past relationships and I had this idea of like being a single woman in New York City And I was just going to make that work. And I was actually really excited about that. So, you know, I kind of had that like sex in the city idealist Mm -hmm. view. And then he had been, he had just gotten out of um, a long-term relationship. And so he was like, no more relationships. So I think we both had our own sort of idea of what we wanted. And then we kind of came together very accidentally but it was really easy and and he's even said that like he didn't know that how much he really cared about me or that like how much we were sort of already in a relationship because he was like I actually enjoyed being with you like I thought that being in love with someone or dating someone had to be like gut-wrenching and, and mm-hmm. hard all the time so actors we're all actors no it's not yes. like people we're just exactly. actors. We're dramatic. So <laughs> yeah. true. So true. So I have to ask, like, was there putting in the summer stock context, like, was there that moment of where you were like, this is going to end because all summer romances end? Or like, I'm sure there were other romances at the same summer stock with you or from previous seasons. Like, did you ever feel like weird knowing that other people did not have the success that you had with summer summer stock romances or? Yeah, definitely. What was funny is like, like you said, Summerstock is in such close quarters, Mm -hmm. but we kept our sort of romance on the down low for as long as possible. Like, and I'm that is a challenge in Summerstock. Oh, it was such a challenge. Like sometimes I would just like be walking back. I lived in like a separate house. So I would be like walking back to my house at like six in the morning. And the lady who was opening the theater would be like, you know, um, but you know, we kept it on the DL and I think we successfully hit it from most of our coworkers for like two or three weeks, which was, that's pretty good. Pretty good. I guess. That's a long time. Right. That's like years in summer stock time. And so during that time, like, I also feel like people's attention were on those really fast, Mm -hmm. uh, fizzling summer romances. Like there were some like loud and crazy and weird summer flings happening and there was like dramatics with it and and there was you know multiple people hooking up with the same person you know all these types of Mm -hmm. things so we got to kind of just like ride the dl like nobody really (laughs) cared about the boring things we were doing and they were just more interested in the drama so um so we just kind of coasted that too but yeah i do feel like i didn't 
I took what was happening between us like seriously, but I also felt like, you know, there are so many things that have to align in order for us to be together. Like he'd have to get a Broadway show. Like, sure. I think he's great, but the chances of that are insane. Right. And then he'd Mm -hmm. have to move to New York city and all of these things. So it also felt like I'll, I'll just enjoy it while I can. And then if all these other factors somehow line up, then we can maybe think about being together, you know? definitely that's like because like that's when you mentioned like the other crazy stories that like fizzle out Mm -hmm. and i I do want to like kind of dive into like the other kind of weird relationship things that happen at summer stocks like it's not uncommon for like those first night hookups like i know Mm -hmm. that like at the summer stock where danielle and i worked at like we'd always be like oh they're gonna hook up before the like kids even arrive like that's (laughs) that's probably gonna happen after the first meeting and then like a week later they're not gonna talk to each other for the rest of the summer like Mm -hmm. that's so very common see now i wonder of like how many couples i missed because they weren't drama filled like they were just kind of like low-key the whole time Hmm. Yeah, that's so it's so interesting that you said that because I'm really thinking now too. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like such a summer sock thing is that like relationships are like so dramatic, right? And even they'll even be the people who like try to like hide it, but they're not really trying. They like want everyone to know without like saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could definitely see you guys just being like, okay, like nobody's looking. Like, yeah, it was totally like that. And I think we were both trying to figure it out for ourselves of like do we want this? And all the while we're seeing these other like really high drama things happen. And we were just Mm -hmm. like, I don't, even if we don't work out, I just don't want to be that. So I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I am, I am anti like work relationships, let alone summer stock relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? Um, yeah, I agree. Cause just in general, they're usually, like you said, like they're messy, they're full of drama. It's just fun for the summer. What are um, some other stories you have from any of your summer sock experiences, either something like wild or hilarious or just something, something else fun? I can think of something like really interesting. Um, I guess what was kind of funny that summer is the theater was reopening and the owner and sort of renovator of the theater was very adamant that this is like an old school barn theater. It was initially built in the 1800s and, you know, there won't be any AC. And we were kind of like, we kind of laughed it off. I was like, there's no way that's going to happen. We're in Fiddler and we're wearing Mm -hmm. like, you know, pogrom outfits like this is just not going to work so after the first weekend of shows I was really worried about Michael's health because he's on stage the whole time and he was just drenched in sweat and I was like how is this gonna work and we were lucky that our average audience member was like 75 years old and there were so many complaints that they had to get like a special ordinance from the city to install fans and ACs, but they did it. So then the rest of the run was like really nice. But that first weekend was like disgusting. I'm like imagining we must, the barn must have reeked because it was. Oh my God, I'm sure. Always that person. Y'all just get the AC. I get it. Because they're not the first company that's like, you know, old school theater, Mm -hmm. like it's, you're gonna sweat. But I'm like, yeah, then do shows where like, 
that's going to be okay. Like, that's yeah. not a thing, people. That's not a thing at all. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And listen, if I, like, my 30-year self, 30-year-old-year self went to a show and there was no AC and it was, like, 100 degrees outside, I'd be like, I can't. I have to go. Totally. So I can only imagine, like, yeah, like, average age of patron, sure like, 70 years old. He's playing Tavia, so either he has the beard or they put on an artificial beard. So that's all just sweat. Like, that's all just a lot. Yeah, so much sweat, so many layers. It was a mess. Oh, God. <laughs> so oh, I, my goodness. I, and this maybe not happened so much because you were the parts you guys played in Fiddler. But do you feel like you're, do you, did you ever have those weird moments in rehearsal where you're like, were you, because you clearly care about this person, but like, were you too able to keep it like, we're professionals, we're good? Or was there, you know, ever a moment where you're like, you want to talk to him, but you don't want to get exposed or like, how was that rehearsal yeah. time or performances? Yeah. Cause like summer socks is typically a lot of shows. Yeah, exactly. I feel like during, we were really professional during rehearsals. And also there's not much sexual tension between like Tevia and grandma Seidel, which is great. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so that wasn't hard, but I actually, I noticed like, this is before we were anything. I noticed that he was starting to like really laugh at everything, every choice I made, like over the top <laughs> and like be overly complimentary of it. And I was, I asked someone like my girlfriends there, I'm like, have you noticed that he is like, I don't know. He's like really into everything I'm doing and I'm doing, I have a small part. Like, why does he care so much? Yeah. And they're like, no, that's just how he is. And then the next day they came to me and they're like, no, he's like really into everything you're doing. I'm like, okay, hmm. I just kind of clocked it. But, um, but yeah, other than that, I don't think there was really any um, serious intense moments. I think once we opened the show, so we'd been there for a few weeks, then it was kind of out in the open that we were something. But again, we were just not as exciting as some of the other couples going on there. Right. So. <laughs> Did so he ever... After, you know, years and years later, did he ever say, like, go back and say, like, oh, yeah, like, I was purposely, like, trying to get your attention or paying attention to those rehearsals? Or do you think he was, like, doing it subconsciously just because he liked you? He knew, but didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like he was so subconsciously doing things, but he is, he is a very animated and, like, touchy person. Mm-hmm. But I knew, I was, like, he, like he likes me like any chance he could to like touch me, not in a creepy way, but like right. to, like, be around me to touch me or to like laugh at what I was saying. He was taking it. Um, but it's kind of funny. Like, I think now he's willing to admit it, but for like a few years there, he was like, I was just so focused on the part. And <laughs> I just, you know, I, I just didn't have room for a relationship. And I was just like, you were so focused on the part. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> I feel like you were spending a lot of time with me and not focusing on the part, but that's fine. <laughs> that's amazing. You're like, okay, sure. Well, we're married now. So obviously you are focused on me. So, so as we, we have to dive into the crazier sides of summer spot. Uh, and our first guest, she brought up a wonderful theory that I have to, I think I'm going to have to continue for the rest of our series is 21 days. And then people's crazy comes out. Oh, yes. She did say that. She said it's the 21 day mark. And then you can see everyone's crazy. And then people's crazy. crazy comes out because it's like, 
and we mean and you'll both totally agree and i have to i wonder your idea i wonder your thoughts on that kind of theory of like 21 days of a contract starting for specifically summer stock but in general mm-hmm. 21 days of contract starting and then after that you kind of just see the full bloom of crazy or exotic behaviors what are your thoughts on that one? <laughs> you're laughing already i know there's something where you're like yep this is it I just love that it that you called it exotic behaviors. That's so accurate. Like, <laughs> like sometimes they're not like crazy. It's just like, guys, when you're dealing with theater of personalities, like there really is a wide gambit of eccentric behavior. So like, yes. they may think it's totally normal at this theater company to do this one thing. And then mm-hmm. you, new person on the outside, is just like, no, guys, that's not normal. Like, that's not something normal people do like ever. So yeah. Yeah. I think the three week thing, I think that's like, at that point, you know, everybody like nobody can hide. Um, But I do think that the little crazy quirks start slipping out sooner, especially if you're living in close quarters and like rehearsing (laughs) together every day. Like I sense some of those or I sensed certain, I don't even want to say crazies, but like certain hookups that were going to happen, even like you said, within the first day, like, yeah, you can just tell. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell. So I feel like three weeks in, it's like, okay, we know everybody and you can like step back and see exactly where all the crazy things are occurring. But in the beginning, I feel like there's, there are little hints along the way too. Mm -hmm. Mm. So I have to ask, what is one of your, I mean, well, Technically, it could probably be meeting your current husband, but <laughs> maybe along with that or slightly below that, what are some of your best or one of your most memorable experiences from summer stock year? And it can be that summer or any other summer stock uh, season you've done. But like what kind of like just a moment, like when you think of summer stock other than your husband, because that's a big one. You kind of win yeah. the game on that one. But like, <laughs> what other moments like stand out to you when you think of know. summer stocks? That one, of course, wins, but I feel like I, I honestly, I have so much love for summer stock. I did um, a lot of summers at this theater called Dairyfield Repertory Theater in New Hampshire, and it was really awesome because I was with a lot of my childhood best friends who I had grown up with doing community theater there with, and this was like a really great program, mostly meant for college students, and we we usually put on a couple shows a summer and we did two sessions of camp that was really intensive and had a big, you know, following and amount of students. So it was just, it was so much fun every day. Like, I feel like it, it was just, it's so crazy to think that I started at like 8am every day and would just be going to bed with these people at like 11 at night and we did it Mm -hmm. every single day after working and rehearsing and all these things um but it was so much fun and I'm still such good friends with those people so I think just like that community aspect you never like if I see somebody who I've done summer stock with on the subway or something I feel like there's always just like an instant bond that doesn't go away or it's like, you know, you, cause you know that person and they know, you know, them deeply mm-hmm. and vice versa. It's like, we've seen each other in a very kind of unfiltered way. So yes. so I do. I love that about summer stock. That is very true. I, I feel that way about my internship and specifically the summer group. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to get into details, but we ended up painting a theater together. 
like wow. trying to make an opening night deadline because it was a new building and craziness. But like anytime that group from that summer part of it was like, I, I love them. We painted a theater together. Like we all just have that running joke of being like that miserable day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But like it just connects us very deeply. Yeah. So I have to ask worst day in summer stock. What was that mm. one day that you're just like, if this you is were like, I want to summer stock is, I'm done. <laughs> Um, so there was a bad one. I, this was, this was not, this was actually at a union theater. I won't say. Mm-hmm. Where. Of course. Okay. But, of course. Uh, no, I say of course. But yeah. <laughs> we were, um, we were put up in a hotel that was just rather unsavory and a couple folks, computers were stolen and I got a knock on my door and I'm, I answered it thinking it was one of my like, you know, 30 castmates, mm-hmm. but it was just clearly like somebody looking for drugs or something else. And so there were a bunch of us, including the, the poor folks whose laptops had been stolen, who approached management and were like, we need another housing arrangement because this is not safe for us. Um, and we were able to get it, but it was like, it was just a little bit too much of a fight. And it was like the worst because we were in tech and we had to move when uh, we're already kind of just nomads. You're fried point. in tech. Your brain yeah. is fried in tech. Exactly. That sounds stressful. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, that really, that's, that's rough. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's something I have not heard of yet before. It sucked, but then once, and it, I would say about half of us moved to the new hotel and half of us mm-hmm. the old one. So I feel like once we moved, it did kind of create like this relief and also like we made it. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was another way of bonding in a weird, in a weird way, but absolutely. But the process was definitely stressful. Like I think that we got out of tech at like 11 or 1130 that night and then we moved and we were all settled in by like 2 a.m. And, and then we had to be up for rehearsal at eight. It was like, oh, no, this wow. is a mess. Yeah. <laughs> That's wow. where, like where I was like stressful because like tech is a stressful process, especially prof- professional tech uh, techs. Mm-hmm. Like for those that are like new to the industry that are listeners, like it's, and all, colleges try to emulate them as best they can. But like a professional tech, you will be there all day. Like that is your yeah. whole day. And you are just sitting around, no matter how tired you are, or no matter how many times the mic goes out, you're going to sing that song a billion times because that's what they need for the show to be good. So, like, mm-hmm. you're exhausted. And I can't imagine, God, no, I can't imagine getting out of tech and be like, yeah, you need to move all of your belongings just so you can feel safe to get a good night's sleep so you can be back up at 8 a.m. That's a. Yeah, that's something I haven't heard before. <laughs> that's so interesting, too, that they, whatever this theater was, how do you set up in hotels because that's something I also haven't really heard of before usually it's either like on a college campus so it's dorm rooms or even like off campus you know housing or Mm -hmm. it's you know in a situation where it's by a beach and they provide their own housing so that's interesting that um were these hotels but I've seen it before I'm just wondering so were these hotels was it just um the cast and crew or was it was it open to the public as well So it was open to the public as well. We had like the majority Mm. of a few floors, but we really didn't have full reign of the, the hotel. So that's what kind of made it a little sketchy, I think, because I feel like 
I was always used to being in that situation where you're in these really small, like isolated, yeah, yeah, isolated places. So it was interesting. Very kind of neat. I don't want to say needed, but like, I don't know for me, like on the reverse side of that, like I kind of do like being in that bubble, especially like leading up to opening. It's like Mm -hmm. everyone around us is tired or everyone around us is stressed right now. So like everyone is quote unquote, like on their best behavior because like everyone in your kind of bubble is going through a lot right now. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine having like outsiders, even if they weren't doing anything, but just an outsider being around while we're all going through the process of like 10 out of 12, you know, like that's well, just I just think it's also, you know, it's something that makes summer stock so unique and special is that idea of like you eat, see, sleep, breathe, play and work together. Um, and yeah, that kind of aspect is taken away already makes things a little just different, just mm-hmm. different. Um, so, so she's got it. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I was going to say, how do you think that doing summer stock set you up or didn't set you up for future jobs, either within or even without of the industry? Do you think it helped? Do you think it didn't help? Yeah, I think that Summerstock is a great like stepping stone for anybody who does theater because it does give you, you just, you're sucked into every aspect of the theatrical production world. Like I think Tony was saying that he painted a entire set or something. Like I, I've painted sets, I've done props, I've done costumes, I've done everything mm-hmm. box office even um, I've helped hang lights. Like, I feel like I have that experience in all different aspects of theater. Now, of course, when you become union, you're really not supposed to help with right. those other aspects because there are specialists, but I do feel like it is useful and it translates to other areas too. Like I, I, in my career coaching stuff that I do, people are like, I only have a BFA and I've never worked anywhere except like summer stock theaters and restaurants. And I'm like, well, if you worked at Summerstock, you've done like marketing, you've done project management, team management, like customer service. I'm like, you've done so many things that you don't even know about because Summerstock is so all encompassing. So mm-hmm. I do feel like it's really valuable. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like, like in that regard of like taking those skills and converting them into other things, do you feel like so uh, I'm from the South and in the South, they really push summer stock because of uh, Southeastern theater conference or SETC. Mm-hmm. And so like SETC has year round theater companies that are involved, but like they really push graduates in the Southeastern United States to do summer stock. Mm-hmm. I am almost of the mindset that it's, a, I wouldn't say a must, like if you can get a bigger contract, great. But like, do you, would you say that it's almost like a must have, like you would, you would, would you tell young artists to absolutely take a summer stock contract? Mm. That's a good question. I or feel not like, absolute, but like. Yeah, I feel like it depends on what they're looking for in their career. Like, for instance, with my, with that summer stock where I met my husband, I knew that the pay that I was getting for performing was not going to be enough for me. So I already went in, like pitching myself as an educator where I could make more money by teaching for some of their kids programs. Mm. Um, and so that worked for me that worked out. And then I was able to support myself that way. But I, 
I really don't think anybody should be take, like, I've heard of some jobs that are like a hundred dollars a week for an insane amount of labor that you just, that's just wrong. So I would definitely not submit to anything that's abusive or underpaid to the point where you're not going to be able to buy your meals. Um, but with that said, if your housing's paid for and it's, it's decent pay and you're getting good roles on your resume and working with good people, then I think go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust me, I get about those low paying internships and those starting cur- oh, the stories I yeah. can tell, but we just don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, would you do it again? So now it's been, you know, X amount of years, you're established in your career, you're doing more stuff. Um, do you think that you would ever go back um, and do a summer stock again? I'm not sure if I would do a summer stock where I was there for like the whole season doing multiple shows, unless it was really kind of unicorn roles or pay Mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, But I do, I I love the idea of just like going somewhere for a few weeks and doing a show in the summer. Like I, I love that. So I do think I would do that again. I have a friend who's doing a show at a gun quit right now. And I'm mm-hmm. so jealous. I'm like, Oh my God, she gets to be by the beach. And it's so beautiful. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I can see, I can definitely see the appeal, but definitely not in the, not in the way that I was doing it when I was a teenager and in my early twenties, where it was just like, I'll do anything and everything to be a part of the magic. <laughs> I'm a little Absolutely. more now. <laughs> yeah. But, no. Yes. Same. And I'm like that, that contract is 21 days maximum. And then yes. I get to go home. Now. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, that brings us to our tip of the week. And this section is really all about a tip of just something we try to give our listeners. Um, and I kind of want to take this moment. So you talked about like your life coaching and career coaching with people in the like, I wonder like how, what would you say like to those, cause we've talked about this on previous episodes of people that either leave the industry and like, don't know how to convert that. Or, you know, people that are part-time in the industry, you know, like me and Danielle both, we teach, you mm-hmm. know, when we're not choreographing and things like that. So like what, and I know this is a huge question, but like, what are just kind of like some tidbits and tips that you would give someone that's kind of like, not sure if they translate, if all this crazy theater things they spent their youth doing translate to the rest of the world? I think I, what I always tell people is that to be a good communicator and collaborator, those are the two top skills that people look for. And because we all grew up in theatrical environments, we're used to people like looking Mm -hmm. us in the eye and having clear conversations, but in the real world, that's actually not common. And it's a huge asset. So I feel like a lot of people who come to me feel like they don't have any real world skills or skills that can translate. But I'm like, if you can look somebody in the eye and talk to them, that is honestly paramount, like that will get you a job all by itself. So like Mm -hmm. that alone is huge. Um, And I think sort of like what you were saying, you both teach I also do some teaching and things on the side. So I consider, I consider these things I have going on like parallel careers. Like I have a lot of little (laughs) careers sort of Mm -hmm. going at once and that's not for everybody, but I feel like everyone should have 
options and give themselves options and not be shut off to that thought. Because I, I used to think when I was really young, starting out that I had to be a performer and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And I had to throw all my energy into that. But I, I've actually found that I get more performing jobs now that I have other things going on because I'm more stable. I'm less desperate. I go after projects that really are the right fit for me. So, um, so yeah, I think just giving yourself options gives you so much power and just knowing that you are so much more qualified for a job that you might not think that you might not have thought about. You're much more qualified than you think. Absolutely. I think that would be my tip of the week too, is that no one in the entertainment industry is just one thing. Mm-hmm. That's the trick that we all think when we're in high school, adoring after our favorite music theater mm-hmm. actor. I promise you, they're either a director or a choreographer or a producer somewhere. No one is ever just one thing in this industry. Definitely. Even the, yeah. the biggest names, they're never just one thing. Yeah. And I think that point you made about um, when you are more stable, and like you said, stable doesn't have to mean. I only have one job, whether that's a, you know, inside of the industry or out of the industry stable can mean that I know what I'm doing. I know what my work schedule looks like. I know how many hours I'm working. I know what I'm getting paid every single week, but I think it does give you that ability. Cause yeah, it's less pressure. You can go and say, I don't, I don't need this acting job. I would like it, but I don't need it. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's definitely that energy. So I think that's huge. Um, and I hope people listening really take that to heart. Um, especially as more and more stuff starts coming back and oh, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's <laughs> totally okay to say no to the right roles. And again, I, we were all there in your early twenties, you say yes to everything. And then you start to realize like, I actually don't want to be that role mm-hmm. <laughs> that everyone yeah. wants me to be. So it's yeah. totally okay. Um, well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. Episodes come out every Thursday. You can find us on your favorite podcast app. And we also want to say a special thank you to our guest, Caitlin, for joining us today. Can you please tell the people where they can find you and they can like reach out to you and you know take part of all of your wonderful things? Totally. So you can reach me on Instagram at Kate Dono, C-A-I-T-D-O-N-O. And then my company where I help artists with their careers is called Multify. So you can check that out at Multify It or MultifyIt.com. Amazing. And we will put that in the episode notes as well as um, we always post on Instagram. So we'll make sure we tag those both in so everyone knows where to look thanks for having me Um, absolutely mm -hmm. i'm your co-host tony williams the second and i'm your co-host neil colangelo see you next week on point your toes the adventures of an nyc dance team